Welcome to The Sticks, the official podcast of Fiddlesticks Country Club. I'm Ryan Shaw, General Manager. Today I'm joined by Chef Ryan Daniels and our Director of Agronomy, Gabe Gallo. Well, hello. Some, some people may ask, why are those two guys in the room together today? Uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. Just want to start out with Chef. I uh, had a busy summer for you, Chef, with uh, your culinary department putting on a lot of events. Can you just cover real quick, you know, how the summer went for you and what you guys did? Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Mr. Shaw. It was uh, it was quite the busy summer, that's for sure. Uh, busier than normal. Uh, we put on four wine dinners, which uh, were all very, very well attended. Um, each one was was sold out. Four cooking classes, once again, all uh, sold out. Thanks to uh, my staff, you know, Adet and Vinny. They did a nice job uh, conducting and or hosting uh, their their personal ones. Thursdays we did a pretty cool rotation of uh, different menu items. Did Chinese menus. I think that was probably the most popular one, the smokehouse and the seafood boil. And then my personal favorite was the, the hand-rolled sushi. Oh, yeah. And then, um, you know, and then, you know, dining seemed to be quite well, uh, especially at the cabana. A lot of participation there. So, yeah, you're right. It was a, it was a fun summer. You know, I'm looking over at Gabe right now as we're talking about this, and he's drooling, thinking about food. But, uh, Chef, you know, things have... Uh, starting to look like we're turning the corner things are getting back back to the norm that's you know, for sure we, we got a lot of stuff on the books this year uh what's your thoughts on uh indoor dining and events and how that's going to roll out well if if uh what we've been seeing is going to continue to uh happen um i think it's going to be a record-breaking season dining indoor dining's been doing really well outdoor dining's been doing really well um we just did uh, Welcome to Camp Fiddlesticks. That was uh, very well attended, and you could tell by the by the staff where everybody's kind of very, very excited to get back to normal. Absolutely, and, you know, everybody down here knows, Chef, how good you are and your team. Uh, you know, it was awesome. I, I put it in my weekly update a few weeks ago about your uh, journey up to Sycamore Hills. Yep. Uh, they, they decided to invite you up for a little competition. And uh, we want to fill the members in how that went, what it was all about. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We uh, we were invited over to go to uh, Sycamore Hills, which is uh, in Indiana, uh, just below where uh, Notre Dame plays, wherever wherever that is. Go blue. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so we went in and uh, we were there for. We got in in early afternoon and we took a a tour of the Maple Leaf Farms Duck Factory, which is the uh, believe it or not the the leading purveyor for. For ducks, and they do everything from uh, butcher to uh, production there. So it was it was really neat to see. And what the cool part was is they make all of their money by the duck feathers uh, for down and mm. for you know Calvin Klein and those people. And then they just kind of the residual from the duck, the meat. So they've got quite the the lucrative business there, if I say so. But yeah, so we went in and then uh, we prepped for two days, and then we did a five course um, competition with forty of of their members and. Uh, we won um, four out of the five dishes, and I think we would have won five out of five if we were able to uh, explain our pasta dish, but uh, unfortunately we weren't. It was kind of a blind blind tasting. What was the dish that you missed on? There was uh, the lobster doppio ravioli, so it's like a double ravioli. Right. One side's filled with lobster filling, the other side's filled with a corn filling, 
and then uh, Vinny, uh, uh, our executive sous chef here, he he came with me and he made the the best. It was almost like a lobster bisque, a little bit thicker for the sauce. It was probably the best sauce I've ever tasted in my life. It was phenomenal. You learn from the best, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. And we were fortunate enough too, if anybody remembers Brian Block, who was our banquet chef for shoot since I was here five years ago. Um, he joined us too. He left us right right before COVID to take an executive chef job out in Michigan, and uh, so it was basically the three of us against their their whole team out there. So it was it was a lot of fun though. That's awesome. Yeah, very proud of you and your team, chef. Thank you, sir. You know, and this dovetails into why why Gabe's in here when we're talking about food. Uh, as everybody knows, they go shopping whether it's to Publix or they're going to Home Depot and they see what's going on with. Prices going up and availability of product, which, you know, the other day I was just uh, somewhere in a concession stand said, you know, uh, coin shortage, cash, exact change, or or uh, credit only. And so we're seeing this all over the place. So start with you, Chef. What are you seeing with, with pricing, availability, and what are you doing to adjust with this? Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of at an all-time record high but also i i've never seen a market like this with you know products just being unavailable obviously you see the the market ebb and flow due to you know weather or you know other conditions where now it's just a multitude of issues that is is causing all this just uh you know some brief factual points here you know year year over year from last year to this year you know beef is up about 18 percent pork's up about 13 percent fish is up about 10% and believe it or not eggs are up about 13%. So, you know, for us it's it's just to kind of monitor the the market, the marketplace, um understand why it's happening, whether that's weather conditions, whether that's because of covid shutdowns or because of labor shortages or, you know, containers um and and then just kind of monitor the pricing from there. We're starting to see a little bit of a decline of beef pricing right now, but obviously as the holidays quickly approach, it's just going to go back up. And that's that's typical this time of year. So we're just trying to be a little bit smart with our our buying power. Um, you know, getting some stuff in earlier when the price is good, without compromising that quality. And um, you know, just like for for Thanksgiving, we had to order our turkeys. What turkeys in March? So they grow them for us and they let us know how many we need. And then we get them out of uh, Joyce Farms out of North Carolina. So it's just trying to be smart and monitor the pricing and switching it up every week. And um, this way, you know, all the fuel costs and stuff that gets handed down to us with our all of our costs, we try not to hand that off to the membership. Yeah. Uh, that That brings me into Gabe. And I know Gabe, you know, it might be a little bit more difficult for you if, if Chef sees – you know, proteins are going up and he sees maybe chickens a little higher one week and, you know, he can get a different protein that's not as uh, much on the, the rise, say a salmon or a filet. For you, you need fertilizer, right? It's not like there's different variations that you can really go to. How, how, how is this, impa- you know, affecting you? Uh, this is definitely affecting us multiple ways and, and not just fertilizer, but also just getting uh, equipment in. You know, as these machines, we we use them. Parts break. Uh, need hoses. Need uh, filters. Things like that. Bed knives are a big uh, a big supply that we that we constantly need for our mowers. And um, so we, we've tried to look ahead, um, order ahead of time. Uh, Jose, our our equipment manager, he's he's trying to buy parts. You know, two months in advance because some of the delays that we're seeing. 
um, and also the price hike in, in some of those materials. Those raw materials are, are going through the roof. Now, on the fertilizer end of things, I mean, it, it takes a bunch of components on how to make that, um, and not to mention the, the actual labor and the trucking, which is huge on the delay of some of those products. Um, pretty much, I haven't had one vendor come to me yet saying that, yeah, we're keeping our prices the same, unfortunately. I mean, one of our, our reps for uh, that we get Roundup for just notified me, actually, that Roundup pricing is going to go through the roof. Hmm. Um, they're kind of Bayer, the maker of, of Roundup glyphosate. You know, they have different variety or versions of glyphosate, but the main one Roundup that you hear about, they're kind of gearing more towards uh, keeping it at Home Depot and stocking those people. So it's bringing the price of actual glyphosate up to like $20 a gallon. Now it's going to be looking like $40 a gallon, almost doubled. Yep. It's crazy. So don't be surprised here in the next month or so, you're going to see a Roundup shortage. I know, I know some lawyers might, you know, not like that. <laughs> recently but that's another subject i guess but it's all intertwined too right with the oh, the, yeah. the fertilizer with food and the growing and then you know obviously if you're having a hard time with the fertilizer a lot of the farmers are, are having that that same issue right now and so that's going to be a huge impact from a, from a food point of view as well you know coming up in the next few months because they're going to see less harvest because they're not going to have that fertilizer i was reading something the other day the other day and i'm guessing there's probably some kind of ammonia or something in in the roundup which they're having a really hard time um uh, gathering so that's really driving a lot of that price up so if these farmers are having a hard time with that fertilizer just like gabe is you know we're all seeing the effects so it's you know like you said in the beginning mr shaw you know why are we both in here well it's kind of you know gabe paints the place green and i keep everybody fed well but it's all kind of intertwined at the same time right Right. Yeah. Gas prices are a huge factor of that too. I mean, that's, exactly. that's how you make fertilizer. I mean, that, that's pretty much the number one component of the driver for it. So as they usually reflect, you know, fertilizer prices typically follow, you know, gas prices, but add everything else sprinkled in with the trucking, like we said, and labor delays shortages. labor and all yeah. that, it, it's going through the roof. But we found ways of, of trying to combat that and try to try to help slow that down. I think the, the new RTK spray rigs that we have, that just came in, which actually took six months delay to get. <laughs> Speaking of delays, <laughs> uh, finally got those in. And, and what that is, is, is it's basically a GPS system where it's individual nozzle control on the spray rigs. So we can actually, you know, not necessarily save product, but we can make sure that whatever we're putting in the tank is 100% accurate. And I mean, it's accurate to the inch, so we don't have to worry about overlapping or spraying an area twice. It will not spray once it's been over an area. Mm-hmm. particularly on greens and tea. So it's pretty cool. We need to do a video on it at some point in time. Absolutely. You know, it. it I just was looking yesterday, uh, Jeff, over in tennis, his lease was up on his maintenance cart that he has, and we try to get these for a certain number of years right before the batteries die so we don't have to, you know, change out the batteries and then turn this thing in. And his cart has been delayed since June, and now they're saying December. Uh, oh. Michael in Clubhouse Maintenance, his cart was up in June. We just found out this morning that it's delayed to 2022, and we don't even know when in 2022. So, it's crazy. so you know, this is this is a a major issue, right? And it's going to continue. And you know, you two and the rest of the team here, I knew, do a really good job of adjusting to you know to this and trying to stay within you know your budget and do things as fiscally uh, resourceful as possible. So. Thanks to you guys. Uh, Chef, you know, 
we we looked at the survey that we got last year and you know the members didn't really want to go outside the gates with covid and so one of the areas that we saw for an opportunity was uh, menu selection and more so over in the cabana than anywhere and a lot of our members felt more comfortable sitting outside and so they were going to the cabana multiple times per week so you know uh, what are you doing with the menu over there this season as well as you know with these shortages with products any any thoughts in mind over there or even in the club? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that survey was a huge resource for us too, you know, because, you know, kind of gives us a benchmark to see, you know, obviously not, they're not all going to be, you know, what you want them to be, but, but it was good good for us to kind of go back and do some soul searching and figure out, you know, how can we get those numbers a little bit better this this, this next survey. Um, so so I think it began with just talking to some of the members and saying, hey, what do you, what do you guys want down here? What, what, like, what are you in the mood for? And, and obviously you're going to have a mixed batch with, um, different demographics, but I think we're, we're, we're definitely looking for the more healthier, um, type options, but also that the more heartier, um, kind of a good balance there. And also just watching, like you said, watching the commodities, seeing what, what, you know, what's up, what's down. Um, you know, I'm just trying to be a little more creative with just instead of just a chicken sandwich. How can we turn that chicken sandwich into our, um, what, what we now know as that fiddle filet sandwich, like a play on a Chick-fil-A, which I think Gabe probably had it. What? Oh yeah, that was, that <laughs> was a dive. A few for couple it. times. Yeah, um, and that was actually a request to come back from one of the members from from last season. So almost a year ago, they they had it. And we kind of took it off, and um, you know they asked when we we're going to put it back on, and and that's what we do. So a lot of it's you know just talking to the membership and see what they want down there, but also trying to tie in those healthier options and um, just put a little bit of spin, so it's not your traditional pool pool cafe bar i guess you can say but you know obviously we'll have those traditional items but it's put a little bit of spin on it so it's a little bit special so when they do they do come from week to week you know they get something different and hopefully they don't have to venture too much out of the gates yeah and we know that health and wellness is has been really really a big theme in not just clubs but in life and and i know chef that that's a big focus of yours and mine and we talk about that all the time and you mentioned Joyce Farms a few minutes ago with with the turkeys do you want to you know and and I don't think a lot of members know you have your own garden back there and what you do and it's probably a good time to just talk about you know the health and wellness piece that that you and your team focus on every day and and just give the members a little idea of how that works with you absolutely and um yeah, so we, we try to source a lot of our, our ingredients um, so they're sustainable, resourceful, and, you know, kind of we're giving the membership the education of where the fruit is coming from. Um, it'd be a lot easier for us just to, you know, buy everything from one or two purveyors, those big box purveyors, and, you know, we can, with all the antibiotics and, and, and everything else, they, they pump them with, whereas we try to go outside and say, hey, how can, we, how can we make this better? So a good example, like you said, Mr. Shaw, was those Joyce Farms, the chickens and the turkeys. Um, and they call them just their heritage breed, and basically they raise them just like our forefathers did um, all the way back to, you know, Civil War time when, you know, they weren't injecting these animals with hormones, antibiotics. They, they really just raise them the proper way. They're not cage-fed. There's not a thousand of them like you see in those videos in, in a little uh, hen house or, or chicken coop, whatever. Um, they kind of free range, just kind of do their thing, and then when they're when they're up to size, they they go to slaughter in a in a very humane way. Um, you know, we just changed all of our meats from from uh, commodity beef to uh, the Lins 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 Farms um, beef, which 
you know, we've had a great success at. So Absolutely. We, we probably have, I would say, on our on our docket, 13, 14, 15 uh, vendors, just, just so we can source the local and the, and the freshest um, ingredients. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's podcast. I want to thank Chef Ryan Daniels for joining me, thank Gabe you, Gallo. Appreciate your guys' hard work. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for checking in and listening to this. We'll be back here soon. Uh, everyone, enjoy the holidays. Go Take make care. Gabe a uh, fiddle filet sandwich, all right, buddy? I didn't have lunch yet. So. There you go. Oh, boy. Thank you. I got you covered. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.